Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Become Fire podcast with your host this week, Father Peter Teresa, joined, as always, by my dear brothers, the one, the only Father Anthony Tinker. Hello. And Brother Paul Grotman. Also the one and only Brother Paul Grotman. This is true. You are also the one and the only. I don't There's not another one out there. Not that we know, but if there is, shocked. he's not like you. This is you most are certain. one, you are only, you are I'm singular. irrepeatable. You are irrepeatable, unrepeatable, whatever the correct word is. It is good to be with you this wonderful fall afternoon, brothers. Yes. Uh, hello to everyone out there. Yes. I don't know who you are, but you're welcome into our little space. This is a safe space, a warm space, a kind space, a loving space. An office space. <laughs> <laughs> it is an office space. Think of those Thanksgiving. The holiday vibes are coming pretty That's strong. Right, no. I, Christmas tree's coming up pretty yeah. soon. Saw some it, Christmas commercials. Yeah. A lot love, of things happening. Love this time of year. Especially love it. Christmas in lights are up already in some places. That's a little much. It's a little much. We can commentate on the Christmas lights before Thanksgiving. In my, you don't like Christmas lights? Not not before Thanksgiving, I don't. Okay. They can, you can keep them up till May, but just can't put them up before Christmas. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Hilarious. It's just there's nothing reasonable, rational over here. It's just my whims. You're allowed to have them. Thank you. Your Thank opinion you. is your opinion. <laughs> yes, yes, you do have them. <laughs> and they are my own. Yes. Well, enough of these fun shenanigans uh before we get carried away too far cuz we have some serious business to tend to. This, the most serious business of all. This that's right. That's right. We have been journeying with uh our biblical figures as they haven't been encountering our Lord on the mountain. And now we are coming to the mountain, uh, the, the mountain of our salvation, uh, Mount Calvary, uh, where, where we encounter God and we encounter Christ in a, in a very, speaking of singular, in a very singular way, very beautiful way, uh, but a very, very mysterious way as well. This is, this is a mountain unlike any other. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to just look at this mountain through the eyes of, of some of the men and the women who were there and just reflect on perhaps their experiences and, and whatever light that might then shed into our own hearts and our own experiences uh, encountering the Lord on, on our own Mount Calvaries because we all have them. We all have crosses that we carry. We all have moments of crucifixion and and in different seasons, when we encounter this mountain, we all respond in different ways. So we'll see. We'll just see how this goes. And uh, if we have to extend this uh, into another episode, then we'll do that. But if we're able to to wrap it up in one, then, then we'll do that as well. So, so brothers, I'd like to begin in the Gospel of Matthew. This is chapter 27, beginning with verse 39. And those who pass by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now. 
if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. And so what we have here, uh, people encountering God Almighty, encountering uh, our, our Savior, and encountering the, the God-man, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, encountering him on a mountain, uh, and their response is to mock him, to revile him, uh, and to deride him. Uh, and so what what can we glean from from encountering the Lord in this way, the Lord revealing himself in this way, and people's hearts responding with mockery, derision, and revilement? The first thing that comes to mind, actually, to go back to the Old Testament, mm. is we looked at all these examples of people who, who got it, who saw it, Abraham yeah. and Elijah, who understood the encounter of God on the mountain. And, and it just makes me wonder who missed it. You know, are there any stories that we don't have in the Bible because they just missed it? God was there. He wanted to encounter this prophet, wanted to encounter this figure on the mountaintop, and they their hearts weren't open to it. Their hearts were closed. Their hearts were turned inwards, and they missed encountering God on the mountain. Uh, and so just how easy it is. And, and at first you're like, well, how could that happen? Well, because I've yeah. seen it so often in my own life, you know, personally, but also yeah. just in others where we've missed God on the mountain. And, and how many times God's wanted to encounter us on the mountaintop experiences of our life um, in these various ways. But it wasn't the way we expected. It wasn't the way we wanted. Because when you look at why did they miss it? They missed it because they were expecting the worldly king. Hmm. Their expectations were a, an army and conquering the Romans and when that wasn't delivered by the man who called himself the Messiah, the man who was the Messiah, then they said, well, this can't be true. Because they, they, what they wanted to encounter in God wasn't what God actually was. Yeah. And, and so often, you know, we, uh, we bring our own preconceived notions to say, okay, God, here's what you should do. Yeah. Here's how, what I want you to be. Here's what you're supposed to be. And God is not put in a box. He, he, he encounters us on his terms, not on ours. And we miss it because we're not ready for it. We don't want it. Uh, we don't want the cross. We don't want the 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 humble servant Messiah mm. born in a manger who's crucified, taking our sins upon his shoulder. We want the earthly king. We want something yeah. different than what God is. We want the big mighty storm like Elijah when Elijah of Elijah instead of the small whispering wind. Yeah. And so, how many times we just miss it? How many times yeah. we've been the Pharisees? How many times we've been the walk, the people who walk by and said, "Well, this isn't how I want to encounter God." So. Um, then, then if you really are, then do it on my terms. That is come down from the cross, prove your power, prove your might, take up the army. Let's go get the Romans, not die because <laughs> I don't want you. I don't want to encounter you on yeah. the cross. Yeah. No, just to kind of can carry on that theme too. Uh, when it says they derided him, calling him like the son of, I think it's, just, they say the son of God, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, so it's coming from blasphemeo. Which is like to, like so one oh, of the yeah. primary translations is like to blasphemy. Yeah, it only happens at like it's only translated as that a few other times uh, in the scriptures, but like specifically used like against God. And so there's also a sense in which like the Pharisees like kind of knew that like that this they at least for sure know this guy's claiming to be God. Right. But then like even the the derision they're throwing against him is against like this core identity of who Christ is, and then it's back back to your point, Father Anthony, that it's like a rejection of that. Where it's this is not the God that I asked for mm. to like to be crucified, to be bloody, um, to submit himself. I mean, even though we like we brought him to the Romans, but also to even to submit to the people to the Romans who are occupying Israel. 
And so I think there's a way in which, yeah, to your point too, that we, like, this isn't the Christ that I wanted. This isn't the answer mm-hmm. that I wanted. I, I wanted it to be something different. And there, there's a way in which the reality can be really hard sometimes. And it can be really hard to accept uh, the circumstances in our own situations. And so there's a certain sense in which, like, I kind of get it from the Pharisees. Like, I'm like, I'm not saying you should do that, obviously, but like, there's a way right. in which, like, I'm right. sympathetic where, yeah, this isn't the savior that I thought we were going to have that I wanted. Um, and now there's a way to express that in a way that isn't blaspheming against God. Right. Um, you can be like Job, you know, there's yes. definitely a way to, to suffer and still not sin. But yeah. You know what I also find fascinating? That of all the truths that Jesus spoke, mm-hmm. obviously one of those is I'm going to destroy this temple and three, rebuild in three days. It, well, one they misunderstood. You're right. And that's the one they throw back in his face. Whereas it wasn't all the truths they taught him about, you know, one, just the truths of all the miracles, but they questioned him. Do we pay the tax? You know, mm-hmm. do we do? And all these things where Jesus has all the answers and all yeah. the things that he said he was going to do and did and all the miracles that he did. But the one little thing that they think they have on him, mm-hmm. they don't really have on him, but they think like, oh, you're about to die. If you're about to die, then you can't destroy the temple and yeah. rebuild it three days. You think you're all that. It's like the one little piece that they think yes. they have over God is yeah. what they throw. And how often we do the same thing. It's yeah. like we find the one little thing that we have, the one little grievance we have, and we make it the big deal as if somehow like, well, Lord, you said you were going to do this. And obviously you're not fulfilling your promises. Like and obviously not seeing the big picture, not knowing Jesus doing exactly what he planned on doing because he can't speak his word and it returned to a void. Um, but but just I don't know, it kind of just all this stirs up my conscience, you know, mm-hmm. just a, a good examination of of my own self, my own my own sins, of of like you sometimes we just find that like, well, you said you're gonna rebuild the temple and destroy destroy yeah. it and rebuild it, and you haven't, and you're about to die. So obviously you can't, yep. so you can't be God. Yeah. And and finding yeah. the one little thing, one which is out of our misunderstanding that we think we have, and, and just missing everything. We just blind we put blinders on. Mm-hmm. We just put blinders on and because what we don't want to see. We don't want to see all the other stuff because we want to be right. It's our own pride. It's the sin of Adam and Eve and how we just have to check that in the midst of the crucifixions of our lives. It's also terrifying, like the, what the response can be sometimes from the heart where mm-hmm. we're like, we're called to worship the son of God. So we say this is the moment when Christ is like most exalted. Um, we're yes. like, we fall down, we worship him for his salvation and redemption. And then they blasphemy the son of God, <laughs> kind of the exact opposite of what the yeah. response ought be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to recognize too, like, yeah, like we're all, like we're capable of that. Like mm-hmm. that's definitely good and evil is divided in, in the individual human heart that those movements are as much in my heart as they're in the Pharisees. And there, there's just, there's probably a more likelihood like of the people who are actually with Christ on the cross, there's a much more likelihood that I would have been with the crowd. Like, yeah, like prove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we know from, from John's gospel, you know, that, that he tells them that this is, this is Satan's hour. And, and so there's something of, of, of the demonic at, at play here. I'm not trying to say that all these people were possessed by demons or something like that, but, but this is Satan's hour, and and you can just kind of hear the the voice of Satan in in these people's replies. And the one that is is you know it, it said twice. You know the passerby say, and then the the scribes and the elders both say it is is come down from the cross. Um, you know, if you are really God, come down. And there's that great temptation 
that they're, you know, throwing at the face of our Lord in this moment. And so, and so we've been saying that, that they're missing it. Um, and that there's obviously something important about Jesus staying on the cross. And so, um, you know, what is, what is Jesus revealing on this mountain? Um, you know, why is he revealing himself in this way? And, 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 and why is it such a, a, a temptation or a demonic statement to say, you know, come down from the cross? What, what are they missing right now? Um, and, why is, and why is it being revealed on a cross? Yeah. Out of all things. Well, I mean, it's that self-examination. They're missing, I think, the reality of this is the, this is the cause of sin. Mm. Like, that's your sin. And that's that's what they don't want to look at. Yeah. Like that wound, <laughs> those scourge markings, those those nails in his hands, that suffering that he can't breathe, that's your sin. And they don't want to look at it. And it's like, well, come down, come down. Yeah. Come down. I don't want to look at the ill effects of my sin um, and what that's done to God. Uh, I prefer and I mean we do this. I mean, we are, you know, justify, 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 you yeah. know, minimize, minimize. Yeah. And and they don't want to look at this is the this is the result. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, this was the the logical consequence. And just added to it was all of the thousands of years of sin that built up to this moment, and the thousands of years of sin yes. that have followed from it, that were all redeemed and forgiven in that moment. Um, and that that wanted to be. I mean, if, if people accepted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I, I think it's it's this will come down. I don't want the suffering. I don't want to see the results of my sin. I don't want to see, you know, pain. Uh, I don't want it to be like this, God. Yeah. I don't because because we don't want. I don't want free will. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, like I don't want free will. I just want to be a robot and just done what to do. And yeah. and God's like, well, that's not love. Yeah. And I want love. And this is and this is the symbol of love. The cross is the symbol of love for God for each and every one of us. And it's hard to look at. It's really hard to look at. Yeah. No, it's a it's a severe love. It's like a mm-hmm. suffering love. So it it's hard to witness. But uh, it's also, it's hard to witness, but it's also hard to receive. And I think to your point too, like you, you do like, like I see myself in the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like twofold, yeah, my sin's on the cross, but it's also like everyone who's hurt me is also up there in like this mysterious way that, that his wounds are my wounds uh, in this beautiful way in which I can share an intimacy with Christ. But it's like, it's hard to see that. But then, and then also, like on the, the the other side of that, is it's hard to see how I've hurt other people, mm-hmm. and so it does stand as like this sign of contradiction. And then I would say there's also another way I look at it too, where like, you know, if if I was there and I hear the Pharisees saying that, I'm, I want to be like, yeah, Jesus, like smoke these fools, <laughs> like come down from the cross, yeah. summon the angels, yeah. and like let's do this, man. Yeah. And uh, he obviously doesn't do that, but like, there's that movement in my heart where I want to see Christ just smoke some fools, <laughs> um, for sure. But then you know, for but sure. then Christ even like, and it's so beautiful. And it's, I, I I aspire to to share in this with him to have this capacity. But but like Christ knows each and like all of those mm. people. Yes, he knows their names. He knows their mother. He he knows the plans he had for them. Like just like so like more intimately than they know themselves. And then he even knew that every step they were taking would lead to this moment. And yet he still brings them into like, into existence. He is the word that was spoken over their lives. And, and that's where you have that beautiful response from Christ where like, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not, know not what they do. 
that even in like in despite of that Christ like still shows mercy. Mm-hmm. And he says that to me too. Yeah. And like, that's hard to receive. Yeah. It's not an easy thing. Cause a lot of times too, going back to this self-reflection that the, the, the cross is the mirror that it's, it's hard to forgive ourselves for the things that we've done and over and over. I mean, you guys could all attest to this too, just with the ministry we do and the people we encounter that a lot of times the hardest thing is to get a person to just forgive themselves, to yes. let go of the shame, to let go of the blame. And to really step into the freedom that, that God's offering them. And just a brief point, because you said it, but I want to emphasize it. Like, there's people there, God willing, hopefully, who are now in heaven. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who are deriding the Lord. Yes. And you know what? Mm. It delights his heart. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for like, sure. It's, just, for it's sure. so mind-blowing yeah. Yeah. that it's it's like he's so happy that these people who derided him eventually repented and received the forgiveness he was offering. It's yeah. just so beautiful and yes. mind-blowing, and it's awesome. But yeah. Hard to receive, like just to give it like my shame doesn't want to receive that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, my shame wants to be like, no, no, I mocked you at your cross. Like I deserve to be scourged and like I deserve to a crown of thorns. I deserve to be crucified. And Jesus like, I already did it. Yeah. I already did it. You'll have your crosses to bear, but have for mercy. One of the the things that it stirs in my heart is is where they're 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 saying, Come down from the cross. And and it just reminds me that like that if that had happened, then, then I could not find God in my moments of sufferings. Um, it's only because like he stayed on the cross that then when I suffer and I, and, and I have my, and I go up my own mountains and I'm carrying my cross and, and I'm experiencing my own crucifixion that, that he is still there, that he is there, that I can actually have this encounter with him. Otherwise, all of my all of my pain, all of my suffering would just be devoid of, of, of redemption. It would just be meaningless. And it would just, it would just be all of our lives would just be like, would be despairing over because our sufferings would have no meaning, but, but because he stayed on the cross, then, then now we can meet him there. Um, and it's so hard to meet him there, you know, but, but because he stayed there, um, and there is going to be sufferings and crosses in our lives that, that we actually can have an encounter with him on this mountain. Father, you had mentioned that, you know, it, it, it brought to mind for you, you know, who missed these encounters in the Bible. And perhaps we don't have these stories and we don't have them because they missed it. Um, and we do know that there were people who missed this one. Um, they weren't there um, and they ran away from it. Um, and so, you know, there were, 11 apostles who, who ran from this moment, um, who, who missed this moment and, and who missed this encounter with God, the, 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 the pivotal moment of all of human history. They were invited to, to, to witness it, to participate in it, and they ran away from it. And so what can we glean from those 11 men who, who ran from this moment, this, the, the moment of all history, and they, they missed it? Oh man, it's so hard to think about. It's hard to think about these men, Peter in particular, who uh, has the opportunity, you know, and says the night before, even if I had to die with you, I will be with you. And and yet he denies the Lord and runs. And and then at this moment where he could, he could have the the most profound encounter of his life. I I can't imagine the, the regret, not shame, but the regret. Mm -hmm. Like, like Mary, tell me again what happened. 
Mm-hmm. Like, John, tell me about it again. Like, obviously, we have all these stories because they were told over and over and over from those who yeah. were there. And Mary Magdalene and Mary and John and Peter now sitting at their feet. But a part of him rejoicing in that, but a part of him saying, you know what? I missed it. Like, I could have been there. I could have been at the crucifixion. Um, but because of my own weakness, my own shame, my own whatever, I, I wasn't there. I didn't open myself up to the encounter with God because I didn't want the cross. I was afraid. And that fear, that, 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 so, so fear is not driving the Pharisees. It, it's, it's pride. It's all the things we've kind of mentioned. Fear is driving the apostles. Yeah. And this is the other thing that stands in the way of our encounter with God is fear. Like fear stands in the way of an encounter with God. And, and, and when we allow the fear, the anxiety, the worry to take over, then we miss this encounter with God on the mountain. And we become like these apostles. And, I, and so many others. I mean, all the people who just don't show up, who know Jesus is being crucified, um, there's those who say crucify him, but there's all those who just be like, ah, oh, like it's going to be like, might, might get, might get rowdy down there. might be a bit much. I'm not going to go and, and, and are not there. Yeah, close the then, windows, lock the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> gonna, I'm going to hide and yeah. we hide in our fear. And um, it's just, it's sad because I mean, I do it myself, you know, I think mm-hmm. we've all felt, fallen into mm-hmm. that. And, but we missed the encounter, the, the beauty of that. We could have been there at the cross, the most, the most important moment in human history yeah. missed because of fear. And I don't want to miss encountering God in the mountains because of my own fear. Yeah. There is, it just makes me think of, there is something beautiful that all the disciples then do end up being martyred for the faith. Mm-hmm. So like, even though they missed it, and I'm sure to your point, like there's probably like shame with that. Um, and especially like John's the youngest, like he's like the kid who like goes all the way. Like there's sort of like all those kind of interpersonal dynamics, but there is something beautiful where the Lord really like still invites the disciples into that crucifixion so that even if there are moments in our own lives where, because I know there's moments in my life, I, there's, there's moments I've missed the grace. Mm-hmm. There's moments where the Lord wanted me to do something. And I said, no, I decided to to scroll on the phone or pull out a book or whatever it is. And I, I didn't receive the invitation, but, but just knowing that the Lord's always, always acting in that way, always bringing us to it. And so there's something beautiful that the disciples in like a mysterious way still get to like really share in the crucifixion of Christ. It, I think in our own lives that the moments of sufferings, the, the, the moments of our own crucifixions, the, 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 the crosses that we are invited to bear or, or perhaps crosses that, that the world has placed upon our shoulders that we are carrying, um, you know, that these are, that these, like, like we said, that this was the most important moment of human history and, and our own crosses are pivotal moments in our own lives um, and they can be moments of of profound redemption for us if if we meet Christ there and and it's so hard <laughs> it's so hard to meet God in in, in the sufferings and, and in the crosses but but our faith teaches us that that these are are kind of hinge moments in our lives these can be profoundly meaningful moments in our lives they might seem meaningless and, and despairing and confusing as, as we're suffering them. But, but if we're able to then unite it to Christ, then, then these can become moments of, of profound meanings in our lives. And, and, and we're invited into that. Uh, and, and, and it's so easy to run from it like the apostles. I mean, it's 11 of the 12 ran away. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's like over 90, you know? And, and, and so, um, you know, it might be that way in our lives too. We might be, you know, 
less than 10% we enter into the crosses, but, but the crosses really do make us who we are. It makes our faith what it is. And, and if we suffer them well with the Lord, then, then they can be these life-changing moments for us that, that can give our life direction and meaning purpose after it. I, I do want to touch on that too, because it's kind of we're like circling this too. It's like the mystery of suffering mm-hmm. as well, that, that God allows us to suffer. It's not that he directly inflicts it upon us. Right. But, but, and then that's why it's a mystery. Like it's the mystery of that, that Christ does allow himself to be crucified uh, in a very gruesome manner, in a very painful way. And that he does allow us to undergo different sufferings too. Um, and, and then to Father Peter Therese's point that the, I would say like the commonality of like the human condition is like everyone suffers. And so like you, there's no avoiding it. And so it's one of those things where like you can suffer alone. And, and then like, and that's terrible. Like mm-hmm. it's terrible to suffer alone, but like, there's always the invitation like to, to bring it to Christ, to suffer with Christ. And then it's to your point too, where it's like, that's where the meaning comes in. That's where the healing comes in. So like what and like, and you can go back into these moments too, like whatever you've suffered in your life. I know for me, there's been like moments from my childhood, the Lord brings up in prayer. There's been, I mean, almost the entire, my entire history. It seems like a lot of like the spiritual life is just reliving all of all of the entire ribbon of my life and the Lord showing me mm. where he was at and like all these moments when I thought I was alone, when I was suffering and the Lord showing me his wounds in those moments. And there is something really healing about the Lord just being with you in your suffering. It's just something that really does, like it really does bring about like a resurrection, a redemption. Not just that he's with, not, not just that he's with you, but also you can find meaning in your suffering. Yes. Yeah. That you're able to offer it up and unite to the cross and what you thought was just pointless pain, all of a sudden can become a means for the Lord, not only to work on your heart, but to begin to work on the lives of others. It's so interesting too, you brought up the point that those guys experience their own martyrdoms. And it's almost as if the Lord is saying, you're not going to escape this moment. Yes. You know, you, you're not going to escape the cross. Um, like I will meet you on this mountain one way or the other. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Um, and so you ran away from it uh, when it was, uh, you know, and and but but I will meet you on this mountain. Yes. Um, and I think the Lord tells all of us that that we can run from our sufferings, we can run from our crosses, but but the Lord has said, "This is the mountain I want to meet you on." And and the apostles, you know, they they don't miss it the next time around. And, and, and they're filled with, with so much grace and in the light of the resurrection and, and they, they, they're, they're so transformed that they, they are able to then climb that mountain, enter into that mountain with, with, they're so, with such grace, with such transfiguration, just, you know, with uh, a willing heart, with a spirit of joy, uh, knowing that, that this is where I'm going to meet God. Um, not just, you know, because I'm going to die and go to heaven, but, but, but I'm going to meet him on this mountain. He's going to be present with me in a way that, that I cannot experience in any other way. And so, and so I think we all have the experience of, of running from something, running from a pain, running from a cross, running from a suffering. And, and when we finally just let go and surrender and just say, okay, look, I will meet you on this mountain then then it's just totally transformed in that moment. Um, and so it's just a reminder to us that, that this mountain, <laughs> Mount Calvary, that, 
that we will all climb it and that the Lord and his wisdom and his goodness wants to meet us on this particular mountain. I think it's Father Benedict Rochelle who says, the Lord takes every soul to Calvary at least once Mm. and a few lucky souls twice. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, that's, that's, that's the faith right there. Yes, we counted yes, lucky to go yes. there twice. But I, I think too with that idea of like everyone going to Calvary, and this goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning. It, it, it's like that is like that is the moment of like Christ's love for us, for humanity, mm. for the church. It is the personification of like a, a self-giving love, a magnanimous love, an altruistic love that totally gives itself to the other. And so there's actually like a beauty in the invitation of the Lord saying, you know, like this moment. That, that was done for every person. Like, I want to do this, like, for you, mm-hmm. with you. Um, and so there's this invitation into, like, tremendous intimacy with the Lord on Calvary. And that's why you see, like, the, all the saints, the great mystics, they're always circling, like, the crucifixion. There's, like, it's the point of union with God, with the soul. And, and so you do see that in, in the tradition. And so there is that sense of, like, it, it can be a joy, just like it mm-hmm. was for the disciples. I remember this. We, uh, we're in it. We're in it. We, uh, we, we still got some more, some more lenses, some, some more men and women who are on this mountain that we want to, um, you know, reflect on, on their experiences and what that has to say for us. And so this is part one of meeting the Lord on, on Mount Calvary. And so, uh, uh, we look forward to you coming back next week and listening to part two, but, but before we say, you know, farewell to this episode, we have our question and I believe it's. You're up. My turn. Okay. Well, someone can then ask me the question. So, Father, you've told us that you're going to have coffee or dinner or get together with J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes. Historical figure to speak with him, uh, which would be quite fascinating. Yeah. You'd have to write a book afterwards. Uh, And then you're going to have a lunch, dinner, coffee with Mother Teresa, your saint. Mm. So, you have your historical figure, saint, you're too dead, now too living. Okay. One who you know and one who you don't know. Um, you have to choose one of those who you're going to get together with for your lunch, your dinner, your coffee. One who I don't know who is living right now. Um, just because we were just you, you we were just kind of doing a, a bucket list thing a little bit earlier, and I said that I would want to see a Duke Duke Carolina game at Cameron Indoor. Uh, I'm gonna just say Mike Shashevsky. Uh, I grew up a huge Duke basketball fan, and so he was just been the face of that program for, I don't know, four decades. And uh, just to kind of hear the stories and pick his brain on on basketball, on leadership. He's 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 Catholic on on how he lived his faith in that, and you know maybe get a free ticket to Duke Carolina basketball game. <laughs> I was gonna say you can probably get your tickets too. So uh, yeah, I think it would be I think it'd be a lot of fun to just kind of explore that whole part of my personality, you know, and it was just a, a huge part of my, my childhood were, were, were those games and, and Duke games. And my brothers were Carolina fans. So we had a little sibling rivalry as well. And so I think it'd be fun just to get his insights and, and, and all of that. So I'm, I'm going to say Mike Krzyzewski. Wow. Well, if anybody has the hookup, uh, Mike Krzyzewski and a, or a Duke Carolina basketball game at Cameron Indoor. Arena. I'm not going to the, I mean, I would go to the Dean Dome. I'm not, uh, I'm a Franciscan. I'll take what I can get, but you know, <laughs> it's on Cameron father's indoor. bucket list. So within the next, uh, yeah, you know, 40, sure. 60 years. <laughs> yeah. I got some time. <laughs> I got some time. I'm a young man like John. Yeah. 
Amen. All right, Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for the cross. Um, we actually we thank you. We rejoice in our sufferings. For we know that um, they unite us closer to you. Help us, Lord, when we don't rejoice in our sufferings, when they just seem like things we want to deride you for, we want to run away from, and help us to instead embrace them and to see you in them, to encounter you in the sufferings of life, in the crosses that you give us, that we might come to know your presence, your love, and your goodness, and your mercy. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. May Almighty God bless you as I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.